0: This is Amateur Logic, Episode 133 for August 15th, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. And by ICOM. Make the most out of contest season with the new ICOM transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. Good evening and welcome to another action-packed episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George.
1: I'm Tommy. And I'm Emil.
0: And boy, it is going to be a hot time in the old town tonight. With the air conditioner off in here, I'm expecting it could reach 90 degrees. So if you hear a little little hum or a little hiss come up in the background all of a sudden, you'll know I gave in and turned the air conditioner back on.
2: Well, I can't say I blame you.
0: Boy, a heat wave. Man, I was in in Florida last week on vacation, and it was cooler down there than it is here.
2: Yeah. What's Yeah, it's pretty miserable. It's hotter there than it is over here in Texas.
0: Yeah, and it's probably hotter where email is by two or three degrees oh. than it is here.
1: Absolutely. The heat and the humidity together will... Uh wipe you out it's a, it's hovering around 115 118 as far as the index goes Wow, well,
0: it was between 110 and 115 in this area today very very hot don't want to spend any time outdoors when it's like that and uh why would you
1: but not as hot as this show i'm sure of it
0: there you go Especially good point. after the air condition has been off about 10 or 15 minutes in here. If I start coming out of this shirt now, you'll, you'll know why.
2: It's not that kind of show. No, it's,
0: it's not. It's really not. Well, you know, anytime we are doing this kind of show, though, where is it? It's not there.
2: Incidentally, since you're having that, you didn't put your VLC player in full screen mode. I didn't. You can see the bar, the title, in the bottom control bar.
0: Okay. When you were playing. Wait a minute! I hear your air conditioner, Ronnie. You better turn that off.
2: Uh, actually, I think that's the refrigerator. It just something just came on over there, yeah. but the air conditioner is over there.
0: Okay.
1: I think it's the refrigerator. Is it running? Is it running right now? You better better catch catch it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't pass it up. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) You know, anytime we've got a show streaming live, we've got a chat room at the same time. Amateurlogic.tv slash chat. What's going on in there tonight, Emil?
1: Oh, man. They got some people in here. And uh, good old time, as usual, and uh, lots of hijinks. And like you say, all the time, if you're not uh, in that chat room, you're missing, uh, how, how do you phrase it?
0: That's Tommy. That's you're it.
1: missing half the fun. Yeah.
0: But the question is, and you know what the question is.
1: Which half? Yep. Which half?
0: Okay, that's, that's up to
1: you to find out.
0: Well, that's about as far as we can stretch that. So uh, (laughs) let's move on into the show tonight. It it has been warm here. Um, It's August in Mississippi, so we expect that. And I I, I assume you suspect that in Louisiana as well. Probably most of the country. It's it's
2: August in Texas, too.
0: Do tell. (laughs) I understand someone here in the group got an Internet upgrade this week.
2: Oh, yeah. That would probably be me.
1: Uh-oh. Hold on. Yep. Get Actually, iPad. I did.
2: I got signed up for the gigabyte uh, or gigabit plan. yep. I, okay, don't don't save, <laughs> wait a minute. Don't put me on the naughty list because does this, does this I actually saved recurring? money. I, I changed my plan, my bill went down and my internet
1: speed went up. It went down from what? A thousand or two thousand? dollars <laughs> actually I saved about
2: uh forty five dollars a month. All right. Forty dollars. Okay. I can't argue. Okay.
0: And you <laughs> increase what was your old speed?
2: Um I don't know. It was right at 300. But now it's a one gigabit, which I think I, the, one, the time, I only checked it really the once, and I was getting like 968 or something like that down.
0: Yeah. I, I might be changing to that package when my current package expires, and if especially if I can save $45, right, Emil?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the magic words right there. Save.
0: So.
2: More cheaper, excuse me, more cheaper, more
1: better, right? That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah that coming from the guy who's got a pair of clips, cornwalls, <laughs> in his garage. God,
1: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well uh, let's get on into the emails here. Oh, one thing before we go any further. Huntsville Hamfest coming up this weekend. I'm going to be there. Uh, Bob Heil is going to be there. Don Wilbanks is going to be there. Our our friend Chip, K9MIT from the chat room, is supposed to be there. You two guys ought to just pack up and come on over as well.
2: Well, uh, i got something that I've been planning to do, and if it rains, if I get rained out, I will come, but it just really depends on the weather. The way it's been going lately, you can't ever really tell. It's rained so much. So I just have to. It's a game day decision there.
0: Yeah. I I just got to mention, I mean, not to change the subject, but yeah, I'm changing the subject.
2: But it is a different subject. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It is. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Kevin ZL1KFM said he just went from ADSL in New Zealand, $92, to one gig fiber for $98. So only six dollars more. Is he okay, Emil?
1: Oh man, I don't. I don't know that I can get past those first two numbers. But the well, difference—if you just look at the difference—if okay. you
0: look at the
2: dollar per megabit, he actually saved a ton of money.
0: Well, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but if you figure in the exchange rate,
2: <laughs> but it's still—it's still a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we
2: figured it up per. There's a way to justify anything if you spin it hard enough.
0: Well, Kevin, you'll have to give us a report. Let us know if you notice any any you know, peppier performance on the internet. I suspect <laughs> you might. Uh, well, we've got a few emails here tonight, and some of them are featuring some people that you might know. Uh, Maybe even this first one right here. Tommy, what have you got there for an email?
2: Ah, I was afraid I was going to be first. Yep. I wasn't able to print mine tonight. Okay, I've got one from our friend uh, Nigel, uh, Laird Nigel P. Lawrence. Says, Hello, George Thomas, W5JDX, Tommy, N5ZO, and Emil. I'm writing you this email. The reason is I worked Peter Barrett, DL slash VK3PB, when he was touring around Europe and visited Friedrichshafen, and I probably just butchered that all up, uh, the Hamfest in South Germany. We chatted via Echo Link on your repeater, W5PPB-R, last month, and Peter forgot to add the date when he made the contact, but it's on my QSL card. It sent it directly to his home address in Australia. Um, anyway, please note the time of contact eight eight thirty hours GMT. My call sign is G K G zero P L. That that was tough. Um, so anyway, and there's the uh, there's the picture of the back of the contact. He sure enough he forgot the date on there, but I'm sure that was just an oversight. But uh, that that's I thought that was kind of cool. They. Nigel's in England, Peter was in Germany, and they chatted on the Echolink repeater in Mississippi.
0: I have an email here. This comes from uh, Bill Turner, W4WNT, and uh, he said he enjoyed our field day discussions, and he saw me talking on Ham Nation about the vertical antenna that I used at field day. He said he missed something in the description of my 43-foot vertical he said, you were on 40 meters, and then you switched to 20 meters somehow. Was it an alligator clip connection at 16.6 feet, or some other method? It's the MFJ 43-foot telescopic fiberglass masser. It's a, a real lightweight one. I mean, that thing you can carry it around with one hand, just throw it over your shoulder, and it's, It's short, about four feet tall, and extends out to 43 feet. So, yeah, you can easily put up a lot of different kind of verticals with it. What I did is I just cut a number of ground radials. I cut two for each band that I was interested in operating on, and you can see it right there. I've just got a couple of them hooked on there now on the ground tab. I've got a 10 and a 15, and you can see there's two wires on each. I would just take those and spread them out over the ground in opposite directions. And I had a few more bands on there as well, 20 and 40. can't remember. I probably may have had um, 17 on there too. Uh, And 10, I think. Yeah, well, there is 10 right there. Anyway, uh, you can see coming out of the center pin there of that SO239, that is a radiating element right there. That runs up the pole. And I cut it the correct length for 40 meters. And then I just ran it up the pole. Well, I segmented it into different pieces using some of these little uh, crimp-on push connectors. So I calculated out how long an antenna needed to be for each of the other bands, 10, 15, 20, so on. And I just cut the antenna wire to the right lengths for that. And then put in the crimp connectors there. So depending on which band I wanted to be in, I would just change how many, you know, segments of that wire was actually hooked in, and change bands like that. it it worked out good. Uh, real easy to do. Email you'll like this part. Real cheap. So uh, woo! That's that looks how,
2: like about seventy-five cents worth of parts. <laughs>
0: Well, the wire was a little more than that because I did buy it new. I didn't steal it off the pole out here.
1: Oh, oh, well, that changes yeah. things. We're just working hard. Got it. <laughs> okay.
0: And the the tripod there that I use that was a repurposed model as well. That was one that was used to mount a TV antenna or something on a building. A friend of mine had taken it off a roof and stored it away and. I just kind of borrowed it and uh, worked out good for my
1: purposes here. Uh, Definitely.
2: uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say repurpose is definitely in the cheap dictionary. Yeah, that that
2: thing's actually come in handy several times, that old tripod
1: thing.
0: Oh, yeah. We've we've had more than one type of antenna on it before. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty convenient. Well, Tommy, I know you've got uh, a new device you've been – playing with here lately tell us about it
2: yeah when uh, when we were in Dayton I bought a zoom spot and uh, although I did set it up on my computer for work I didn't set it up at home and uh, I've been promising I'd do a video on it and uh, it's pretty neat and doesn't get much easier I guess it was last month we talked about what we got when we went to hamvention this year one of my items was the zoom spot and i'm going to go ahead and show you how easy this thing is to set it up i did set it up on my work laptop and it's probably the easiest way to set up a hotspot on your computer we're going to use the blue dv software again which i'm I'm a big fan of that so anyway let's go ahead and proceed the i bought the one there, there are two devices at least two devices maybe more that are the zoom spots Well, I bought the least expensive one. I've already got a a DVAP, but it doesn't really support uh, some of the other digital modes, and and it doesn't support the Blue DV software. This one looks surprisingly like the Thumb DV from Northwest Digital Radio, except it comes with a little mini antenna. Let's go ahead and hook it up. I'm going to hook this one up through the little USB hub I have on my computer. I haven't installed any software, uh, we're going to download BlueDV after we get this going, and it finds it, recognizes it. Now, I'm using Windows 10, and we should not have to put any drivers on there. Setting up device, Maple 003, whatever Maple 003 is, and it's and it's done. So let's go confirm it. We can go to the control panel. Uh, device Manager. We'll use that. We'll go to Ports. And there it is on COM3. USB Serial Device. Let's remember that. COM3 is where it's set up. Now let's go get the BlueDV software. PA7LIM.NL forward slash BlueDV uh, So we will go into the windows section because i'm running windows 10 and let's go down through here he's got some good information there's the zoom radio stuff right there and we'll go down here to find where we download it hey look at this there's an amateur logic segment on there (laughs) huh go figure here we go how it all works download the software let's go into there called a beta folder but uh, the software has been very stable for me there's a pre-beta but we'll go into here and we'll get the latest one which would be nine five five zero and we'll go ahead and open it up let's copy this over to our desktop let's install more info run anyway You've seen this before when we were doing the uh, peanut software. So it's basically very similar. Next, and I'll just take the defaults, let's make this easy, close. Now there's our blue DV. And you, like I say, you've seen this software before. It's uh, very similar. So let's go ahead and let's uh, do the setup. And I've got my stuff set up here, in 5 z and O. The frequency is 445.6. My latitude and longitude, which I don't think these are right, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. You can set those, and you'll show up on the APRS.FI site, your location if you want to for the d star module i'm going to be module b because i'm on uhf i do want the aprs on and this is what activates uh, sending your coordinates so i will at least leave aprs on i'm gonna put my dmr id in here i do have one so i'll go ahead and put that in there and i want to use the brandmeister network on here 3108 us is the DMR Master that I normally use I do have one of the little cheap DMR radios I bought a long time ago to play with but I don't use it very often Um, anyway but I'll go ahead and set that up and the next thing we want to do is we want to use COM3 and use these default settings and click save so we will Open the serial port. Ooh, that didn't work out too well, did it? We're gonna need to update the D star hosts and update the call database. Make sure we've got the latest data here. Oh we're not using the thumb DV. We're gonna use COM3. Save. okay it does find it there's my frequency we set it shows my zoom spot here and we can enable D star the nice thing about this software which we've we've glanced at this before is we can pick the reflectors that we want so let's go ahead and connect to a reflector uh, let's do one Charlie that's usually pretty busy link
1: a one G N T. Zero Zero One
2: C. And that is that is super, super easy. Uh, I I just don't see how anything could be much easier to get on. The little zoom spot is very cheap in a relative uh, sense. I think I paid like a hundred just a little over $100 for it. Um, so it's very reasonable. Like I say, there's there's one with a display on it, but I didn't really feel like I needed that because I mainly wanted it small and something to throw in my computer bag when I'm traveling. Let's unlink here. I have more flexibility than I did. I can do DCS reflectors now if I want to. The X reflectors. All these are all set up here. The XLX. I don't even know what that is. that is. I guess that's fairly new. Um, If you wanted to do DMR, you could do that. Let's try uh, Connect without uh, using the dashboard here. So I'm going to go to, on my radio, I'm going to go in just like I normally do, go to your call sign, and I'm going to link to 1Charlie, and I'm going to key up. Let's see what's on the screen.
1: Link to R-E-F-0.
2: well that worked and you can see that it found me these guys look familiar so that worked
1: Link to okay
2: we're linked to 14 14- N six PTS N five zno
1: Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming back. Uh, I think N five Z and something. So
2: uh, name here is Rick, and uh, we're just mobiling on a way to see our next client here. And uh, sunny California up here near the heading toward the city right now, and it doesn't look overcast. Thank goodness. So, uh, how's your day going? Hey QSL, uh, name's Tommy here, and the call is November five Zulu November Oscar on the end. You're yeah, having a great day here. It's uh, it's a Friday, the end of the week, and uh, got a new little piece of hardware. I'm trying to set up and and test it out. I got a Zoom spot when I went to Dayton this year, and I'm just now getting around to getting it configured on my computer. Yeah, QSL, yeah, enjoyed it. Uh have a safe trip out there and uh good to hear from you. Maybe I'll catch you sometime soon. N five Z and O. Well, there you go. It worked so easy. It could like I said, it couldn't have been much easier. Pretty inexpensive also, so there's not really much reason not to get on digital modes. Hope this helps some of you. Hope you enjoyed it.
0: Well Tommy, that um that looked pretty easy to me.
2: It it doesn't get any easier than that to get on D Star. Or no. get on any of the three digital modes; it'll do fusion too. I just had no way to, to try any try that stuff. But um, anyway, it's easy and cheap.
1: Yep, cheap. nice.
2: Woo! Do I get extra points for that?
1: Yep, cheap and easy. Well, uh, that
2: blue D V software—that's pretty awesome stuff, man. That, that, David, he did a great job on that. I don't know if you guys have ever used it, but. It's so easy to use. It just works really well. I've yet to have a problem out of it.
0: Cool. Well, I took the opportunity to go get a little fan and stick over here while that was playing. It, <laughs> it feels a little better. It's it's in the 80s now. so it's
2: stirring around the hot air? Yep, oh,
0: there boy. you go. Which is better than it just kind of like sitting there. Well, we've got a lot more to go, and we're going to be right back. But uh, first, we've got a message here from MFJ, and this is uh, a new product a lot of you may have heard about, and some maybe not. Uh, Tommy and I both got some here recently, and I've got mine set up and working now, and we'll be looking at them further in the future. After months of extensive development and testing, it's finally here and ready to take remote operation to another level. The new RigPi station server from MFJ and Howard Nurse W6HN is going to change the way you think about getting on the air. Why be bound by the four walls of your ham shack when you can take it with you wherever you go? The MFJ1234 RigPi lets you operate from anywhere you have an internet connection on your Apple or Android mobile device iPad, tablet, Kindle, laptop, or desktop computer without additional hardware. Just fire up any web browser and get on the air. RigPi connects to most any transceiver with CAT control. Operate single sideband, CW, AM, FM, digital, or any mode your radio supports. Operate your rotor, CW keying, digital modes, logging, spot monitoring, call book lookups, and more. 32 user programmable macros let you control the features you want. Two or more hams from different locations can operate different radios at the same time using a single rig Pi. The MFJ1234 Raspberry Pi's Raspbian operating system comes with many free programs installed, like FT8, RIDI, WSJTX, FLDigi, a word processor, email, and spreadsheet. Plus, thousands of Linux-based programs, including many for ham radio, are available. The RigPi station server is available as separate modules allowing you to customize it a piece at a time or get the complete unit with RigPi base, OS firmware, audio board, and CW Keyer board. The RigPi audio board connects to your radio and serves send and receive audio to your mobile device, or use it to operate digital modes like FT8 and FL-Digi. It includes IQ inputs for use in pen adapters, and has built-in isolation transformers for RF and hum-free audio. The keyer board generates perfect Morse code using the popular K1EL WinKeyer chip. Just connect your favorite paddle. Software modules for RigPi will be available on GitHub as a free open-source download, so you can add your own features in the future. Get your MFJ1234 RigPi today and take your remote operation to the next level. MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. And that is a really neat little device. Um, Didn't take me too long to get it set up, and it just works. I mean, what else can you say about it? You just turn it on and it works. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just got to get
2: mine set up. I'm dying to get uh, finish it up.
0: Yeah, Emil, I understand that you have been doing a little investigative work here recently, compiling a report of some suspicious activity.
1: uh Oh, you know, uh, I don't. I don't think people uh, really appreciate or understand some of the struggles you guys have of operating in the uh southern you know the woods down there in southern mississippi uh so uh you know you guys have to overcome a lot of obstacles that i think people don't realize you know when you're clearing the site or setting up and operating so uh, i just wanted to share what might not be known You know, uh, I think you might have a bad fuel rod there in that uh, generator. Not sure. Maybe that's why it makes them so much noise, George. And and you know, Tommy, Tommy, what a catch! You know, most people don't look up in the trees for those, but he 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 does the job. And George, I'm not so sure it might be a good idea to operate nuclear generator and cobweb antennas at the same time. <laughs> And uh, on this one, I, I'm pretty sure Wayne might have lost some blood. You know, the mosquitoes can get pretty good in uh, Mississippi woods, I know. And and here, I, I, you know, I think we have a visit from some old, well-known friends here. I, I'm not sure if that's the same people or maybe – and, you know, George, I'm not sure what you – I don't think I would touch a Sasquatch with a 10-foot pole either, but I, I don't know <laughs> if you were taunting them there or, or what. <laughs> And you know the, the 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 woods here, the war of the woods. You got to watch out for these things when they're uh, they sneak up on you. And if, you know when Tommy was running out, I don't know if he saw with that gimbal he was walking around with if he saw that crowd back there. But uh, it can get pretty treacherous.
0: <laughs> oh, it, it it was, and I don't know if I can back up to it right there. Those walkers that are there. I don't know that everyone can fully appreciate what it is they're walking up on there. Uh, Tommy knows what the, what that facility is. There's a little thing sitting out there in the middle of the field.
2: Yeah, I hope they don't trip over it.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's Wayne's portable toilet. We have yet to understand why he put it in the middle of the field, and I guess it was to make it... <laughs> Easier access for for guests who you know who might show up.
1: <laughs> or, you well, know, maybe I, that's why they all showed up there for it. <laughs> I know. I know the. Uh, I figured it was the noise of the uh, Coleman, you know. But I'm thinking it might have been that. Like I said, I don't think people really uh, appreciate the struggles you guys you know have to clear out first.
0: Well, yeah, but. The-
2: you would, and you would think it would be pretty isolated, but clearly you can see there's a lot of activity out there in those woods.
0: Yeah, yeah. You would think out in the middle of the field like that would be a perfect place to put a toilet, but <laughs> no, no. And the the spiders and mosquitoes—I did not realize they were that big. I mean, I knew they were bad, but
1: wow.
2: yeah, I had a couple of them that big too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, shout out, shout out to V3Mic on that. You know he's uh, 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 he's always a great contributor of there of those uh, struggles.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I noticed there was one shot there that seemed to be missing. The one there where I was poking the stick at Bigfoot. Yeah, uh, there was another version of that that you could see what was tied on the end of the stick. I was fishing.
1: I want to say it was some Canadian bacon and some beer. <laughs> <to get> <laughs> it, was,
0: it was something like that, yeah. Tommy, you have got another email here that um, it seemed like there was some confusion last month, other than just the things that email uncovered.
2: Yeah, uh, I got another one here. It's from uh, Francis W1FXX. He says, I noticed you're wearing a Martin guitar t-shirt. Are you a Martin owner? Which one? I own a 60s D35, the love of my life, guitar-wise. I was recently gifted a 1947 D28. Wow, I included a couple of photos. And, and nobody really likes your shows, huh? Keep up the great work. Uh, 73 Francis. And yeah, that's the shirt. And a, a, Unfortunately, I don't own any Martin guitars. I don't even play, although it's one of the things I wish I I would have taken up. I I just never did. I used to own a Yamaha, uh, but I really got the shirt mostly because of the name. Um, Anyway, appreciate the email, but uh, no, I don't own any. Maybe one of these days. Email,
0: have you ever played any Martins?
1: I have. I have, and definitely not cheap old man compliant. No, no. But well worth playing.
0: Yep. I can understand that.
2: I'd like to learn one, one day when I can afford to take it up, yet another hobby. Yeah. I've already it, got so many.
0: I think it takes a little dedication to get good at it. Email, That's how it is with
2: everything. Yeah. Email that, will That, that causes to, time.
0: We'll have to pull out the face-melting solo version of the theme song here again
1: soon. And Yeah, maybe that will inspire me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: Or... Or melt your face. One of the two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Email. You have an email, I believe.
1: I do. I do. Um, A friend over in England, um, Terry, 2E0IPK, uh, wanted us to check out a uh, solution he uh, made for his um, bracket, for his car, for his uh, Kimwood. HT is D74 um there's a there's a piece of string there you can see uh you know wrapped around his headrest that he uses to uh, mount that on a seat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I think I think he wins the uh CHX certification for this episode not necessarily for the radio but definitely the uh car bracket for his uh that he came up with so definitely dirt cheap uh, Terry, good job. That is cheap, and plus you can save money because people won't ask you for
2: a lift because you don't have any room for them to sit down.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also you won't need an external speaker because with it being right there, that's right. You know, that's right <laughs> Plenty of volume.
1: <laughs> nice one.
0: Uh, let's see what's next year. Well, I've got a little segment here I put together of uh, part of a project that I have been working on. I actually have uh, I've deployed the project now, and it it is in the wild, out on the internet, and has been working like a charm. You may remember I mentioned something about I was working on a device to reboot the internet. <laughs> I, I've,
2: have you downloaded it? Uh oh! Yeah,
0: it it works it's uh it's out there it's running on a raspberry pi i had to do a little hardware modification to make it happen i'm going to show you the whole project later and give you the links to where you can download the the software and all and uh you know make one for yourself cuz there there are occasions where you may want to do something like this but the first thing you got to do is um well let's just look at this here there's something you might want to know about those cheap relay boards that you find on the internet. The price is right, but there's a a little quirk, and here's how you solve it. You know, when you start messing around with things like microcontrollers or small computers, you may eventually decide that you want to control something with it. However, the GPIO outputs on these devices just won't sync or source much current, so you've got to be real careful with what you connect to it. In these cases, it's often really handy to be able to just connect a relay to it, but you can't do that directly. You have to use some transistor circuitry to actually drive the relay. If you do a little searching around on the internet, you'll find a ton of little four channel relay modules, eight relay modules at very low prices, starting around seven bucks. Now, there's no way you could build that yourself that cheap. So why not try one of these? They all look pretty much the same. There are a few slight differences. These could even be manufactured by the same company and just sold under different names. Let's take a look at the schematic. On the left hand side we can see the input and there's an LED first thing up and then that runs to an opto-isolator and we can see at the top of the LED on that opto-isolator there's a resistor going to our positive voltage. That means if we put a ground on the input, it'll like that LED, uh, both the one that we see and the one inside the opto-isolator. When that happens, the transistor in the opto-isolator will switch on, and then that will switch on the NPN transistor further down the circuit, and that'll engage the relay. And then we can connect whatever we want to the contacts of that relay, I believe these are generally rated up to about 10 amps, so that's pretty good for an awful lot of applications. And it's a single pole double throw relay, so we've got normally closed and normally open contacts available. Of the ones I've seen so far, the build quality looks pretty decent, and the price is, uh, well, it's great. There's one little quirk, though. May not be a problem in a lot of applications, but in some it could be. And that's the fact that these relays activate when you take the input low, rather than when you take it high. And there's a reason they do that. Unfortunately, the Raspberry Pi and the Arduinos both have a tendency, when you first run a program and it initializes the GPIO ports, it switches them low. Let's watch as I run a program design to use the relays with a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, that might not be a problem in some applications, but in others, you wouldn't want those stray relay closures happening. Well, we can change this behavior with a couple of modifications to the relay boards. Here's the schematic of the unit as shipped. And as I mentioned earlier, you take the input to a low state, and that activates the relay. We need to reverse that so that the relays activate when we go to a high state. That means changing just a couple of things here. You can see at the top where we did have positive voltage before, now that's going to be our input. And on the left-hand side of that LED where it used to be the input, we just tie that to ground. So we need to move that resistor and LED on the board for each channel. And here's where they're located. The LEDs are located in a row across the bottom, and the resistors are labeled R1, R4, R5, and R8. And a word of caution, there are several revisions of this board and the components may be in slightly different locations. It's a good idea to take an ohmmeter and verify that the components you're dealing with are the correct ones. Now you can see I've already removed the LEDs across here and I've modified the first channel. There is the LED. I just took it and turned it downward so the left hand side of the LED remains in the same position. I've also put a ground bus across the bottom of the LEDs there that we soldered to. Now the pin that remains goes to pin 2 of these opto-isolator chips. So you can own that out to make sure that you're on the right place. We also need to move the resistors that we talked about earlier. And you can see I've already done the first one. I turned that resistor down from the left-hand side and soldered a jumper lead to the other end of it. And that runs down to the pin where the LED was soldered. Now that pin runs over to the input connectors. I tried using my desoldering station. It didn't work too good for removing these resistors. I found out it worked best if I took two soldering irons, heated up each side of a resistor, and slid it out of place. There's the first one right there. Now, these components are delicate, especially the LEDs, so be real careful doing this. This next one here, it got stuck to the end of my soldering iron. I had to kind of shake it off. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, you do need to be careful with these things. It did survive the experience. And there's the last one. Now, I'm going to tape the board down with some painter's masking tape just to hold it in place. First, we're going to install the LEDs here, and I noticed when I took them off that they were marked polarity-wise, so I observed that when reinstalling them here. Now, it's a little difficult to get them in position. These are tiny components, and it's probably impossible to do this without a good set of tweezers because it's very difficult to do it with a set of tweezers. I did manage to get them all done, though. To hold the components in place while I soldered, I took a toothpick and put it in the end of a clamp and set that on top of the components to give them a little weight. Then I used a very fine tip soldering iron to go in and tack these back in place using just a tiny dab of solder. Don't need a whole lot. Then I took the tweezers and checked each LED to make sure they were soldered good in place. And next we're going to solder the other side of them to this ground bus wire I've installed. I scraped a little bit of the solder mast off the bottom side of the board and soldered the wire over to it. You can see there's two spots there. I was going to do it in one position and then decided the other was better. And that didn't take very long, just a couple of minutes. Now we'll move on to the resistors. These are a bit more complicated. Put a resistor in the alligator clip there. Soldered a little piece of wire to the end of it. The next step was a little fishing expedition. These opto-isolators have a little space between them and the board. So I put the resistor down there and ran the jumper wire up under the opto-isolator since there was room. And then soldered it down. There again using the left pad as I had mentioned earlier. Then we needed to take the other end of that lead and run it to where it would be connected to the input of the channel. And that would be the pad that used to go to the LEDs that are no longer in use. And we need to make sure that we don't short that wire out on anything on its way to the pad. We'll check it just to make sure we got a good tight connection there. And now I've done all four resistors. You can see them there. Turned sideways. The jumper wires attached down to the previous input pins. One of them's a little different though. You can see I've replaced that resistor with a 2.2K ohm traditional radio lead resistor. That's because this one got damaged in the process. You'll notice one end is not shiny. That's where it broke off when I was trying to solder on the jumper wire. So this stuff is kind of delicate and you got to be gentle with it. If I thought better and had enough resistors, I would have just replaced all of those. It would have been much simpler. Now let's see if all the channels still work after this modification. I've connected up ground and plus 5 to the board. And I've got one remaining test lead here with plus 5 on it. And I'm going to touch it to each of them and see what happens. The LED comes on and we hear the click. So that's number 1's working. Number two is working. Number three works. And number four works. So we've got success. Previously we would have had to ground each of those input pins to get a relay energized. Now we can do it with plus five. And our Arduino and Raspberry Pis will be much happier this way and won't be throwing those stray relay closures. And that's how I spent my summer vacation.
1: <laughs> no. The ice.
0: No, not really. That was, um, <laughs> y- you know, that after I've done it, there are a couple of things I would have done different. I, as I mentioned, I would have just taken some regular old um, eighth-watt resistors, and just not worried about those surface mount ones. Just replaced them with those, and it would have been a little easier there. The LEDs, though, you you need to salvage the ones that are on the board uh, because, well, they're real tiny, but they are they're much brighter than a regular LED. I tried using a regular LED in place of them, just you could barely see it, and so you you better stick with those, unless you've got a source for some, you know, high brilliance um, surface mount LEDs. But a few things that you need to be aware of when you're using something like this on an Arduino, or particularly on a Raspberry Pi, you don't want to draw too much current on those I.O. pins, or you're going to burn out a pin in your device. And Tommy and I have both had that happen on the Arduinos before. I measured these out. They draw just a little under 2 milliamps each, so you're safe there. No problem with that. These things are cheap, man. Uh, you know, uh, the, this is an 8-relay version here, and it was under 10 bucks. How can you beat that? And each channel has an opto-isolator on it, as you saw there, so that gives you good isolation between this relay board and your Pi or your Arduino. And it also has the transistor driver to energize the relays on there, the diodes, uh, LED indicators, and screw terminal strips, you know? So mm. you, you can't really beat the price on them. I don't know how good the relays are. I haven't had an issue with them yet, but I bought several of these. They were so cheap. I'm going to use this on my evil plan to control the world.
1: Oh, wow. One, <laughs> Do you have those?
0: One relay at a time. So,
1: relay. Oh, that's a
2: good start.
0: Yeah. Now, the, these things are, are fantastic. You know, because you're going to want to do something eventually. If you like hacking with those things, you're going to want to control something eventually. And you, it's a good chance you're going to need a relay to, to keep from burning yeah. up your device.
2: I've got yeah. one of those. I think I got it at the Radio Shack clearance. Mm-hmm. Thing I actually might have two of them. I think I ordered one on Amazon, and then I know for sure I've got one of them. I got
1: up from Radio Shack. I think it's a
2: four relay version.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Tommy, um, we, we're going to have to keep an eye on George. Uh, first, he's shutting off the internet, and now he's plotting to take over the world one relay at a time.
0: Relay at a time. Uh, yep. going end up on some
1: kind list.
0: Just for clarity. I was not shutting off the internet. I was just rebooting it because it quit working. Oh. <laughs> so just just to clarify there actually what well i'll I'll talk more about it in the future, but neat little project I'm using satellite internet, and I just and it's in a remote location. sometimes the satellite will lock up, so I just set a pie there to to ping Google every so often. And if it misses a certain number of pings, it just power cycles. Thanks to the little relays, it's no trouble at all to control a 110 volt device. Well, we've got uh, a little more to go here tonight, but I think we need to take a quick break so I can turn the air conditioner back on, <laughs> and let's get a uh, just a quick message from ICOM, and we'll be right back. And got an announcement too. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. IC7610, the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual DigiCell. Or, get the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed, this high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3 inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Keep your competitive edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC7851 is the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. And ICOM is going to help us celebrate our, our birthday or anniversary or whatever you want to call it coming up soon here in October. Amateur Logic will be uh, celebrating... Fourteen years. Yep, it sounds like a perfect opportunity to give away a new radio and it does. A, a prize package to some lucky viewer. And we're going to do that. I don't really know what radio just yet because we've just started discussing it, but it'll be uh, a new iCom rig. Um, we'll we'll be having more details coming up soon on all our. Uh, social media platforms and on the shows here. And we'll let you know all about it and, and what other uh, uh, items may be added to that package to kind of sweeten the deal. And email it, uh, not for you now, you're not eligible, uh, but for our viewers, it will cost nothing to enter. So I know you, well, can, you can get behind that.
1: They the cost of nothing, that's it.
0: Yep. So uh, more More details coming on that very soon. So stay in touch and and we'll let you know. And thanks, ICOM, for helping us make that happen again this year. It's not the first year. They've, boy, we've been Uh, doing it for a number of years now. I've got another email here. Um, This one comes from, who does this one come from? Dave, N4CWZ. He said, well, hi, George, just want to let you know how much I enjoy the show and um, how y'all had a good field day. He, he really enjoyed that. Looking forward to the shows that uh, y'all did. And it was rough here at field day. Conditions were bad, and it rained about an inch and a half where he is. Uh, usually, he says, they uh, put up a big score, but not this year. Anyhow, have to uh, go back and watch some of the first shows, and he's been enjoying them. Uh, He said, man, I love the ponytail. You need to do it again. Really cool. I I thought for a while you were going to as your hair got longer, but uh, then you got a haircut. 7-3 and take care, Dave, and for CWZ. No, um, you know, I had thought about it, Dave, but one of my interim steps was was gonna be the mullet there, like Tommy used to sport. And wow! <laughs> yeah, when he pulled that out of the photo album, I had to go get a haircut immediately. I, you know, Tommy's new hairstyle. This was it right here, courtesy of Mike the E3 Mic. Yeah,
2: that's when I was making some extra money scooping ice cream.
0: Yeah, <laughs> from Stranger Things.
1: Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: here's, my, here's what ended up with mine. Yeah, that's a nice. dead possum. Well, Emil, I think you've got one more email. And although uh, Peter's not on the show tonight, he seems to be getting a, a lot of press.
1: I was going to say, <laughs> this is his, like, second cameo here, a mention. So he, he's uh, quite the world traveler lately, too. So anyway, yeah, uh, I got an email the other day from Peter, looking for a hand on uh, writing some uh, scripts to help him with something that came about. I don't know if you guys remember, but from episode, I think it was 56, he um, presented a little amateur project for astronomy where he was uh, having or looking for comets. I
2: remember
1: Um, that. yeah. Yeah. He was looking for comets, and he's been doing quite a bit of work. From what I understand, he's uh, already got 16 of them identified and named from his findings. Hmm. Um, So anyway, the the trouble at hand was uh, NASA decided to stop uh, allowing the FTP protocol because it's insecure um, to get their historical data. Well, Peter's gone back 20 years in (laughs) historical data, and he wanted to know uh, another pro- uh, system came online, the, the Stereo project came online and, and they don't have that FTP site with an index or anything that you can just grab all the files from. So he wanted to figure out how to uh, pull that data from a website. So anyway, I helped them with a bash script using the Raspberry Pi, of course, um, and we got it to work and he's pulling his his data uh, from the historical. But I thought it was fascinating that he, he's got 16 of them identified and named. That project is called the Sungrazer Project. And uh, if you look that up, you'll find it. And you'll also find on their site, it's the uh, Navy's site, actually, where their project is being run from, along with NASA's data. They've actually mentioned to Peter in this, you know, they gave him a shout out for being a person who got all of these, they call them non-group comets um, identified. So... Good job, Peter, and great to hear you uh, hear from you again. And hope you're uh, doing well out there in the, the down under. The, uh, we'll have to come up with a name for him there the comet the comet down under hunter or something.
0: <laughs> so, do you think these are legit comets, E. Miller, or do you think he may be seeding the pool by launching his own comets?
1: Oh, I don't know if he's launching his own comments, George. I, I think what he's doing might actually protect us from the next ice age if he identifies one coming right at us, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I think I saw that movie. Yeah, exactly. So wow. nothing like a $35 Raspberry Pi used to help protect the, universe, uh, the Earth.
0: Yeah, true. Perfect device for it. It's not too expensive.
1: That's right. So uh, yeah, you can't go too expensive trying to protect the Earth from you know destruction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> true, true. If
2: you yeah. can do it for thirty five bucks or less, I'm in, I'm in for it.
0: Oops. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. Uh, I remember when Peter first talked about that and showed us some of that stuff years ago. Uh, you know, he was really into it, and it sounds like he's still really into it and having a good time with it so that's great and hopefully we'll get him on here again soon I haven't talked to him recently um, but he's he's still around so uh, maybe maybe soon in the future he'll be back with us we'll find out what's yeah, it'd, be
2: nice, it'd be nice to have him on for a visit sometime
0: Yeah. well let's see what else do we have I think we are about to the end of another show and uh, just a, a couple of things. Now, this T-shirt I have here is a limited edition. You can't get this T-shirt, but there are amateur logic T-shirts available. That not, you can't not get.
1: yet. You can't get it. Not. Oh. Okay. I'm All right. Intriguing.
0: But if you needed one, not exactly like this.
1: But still pretty
2: cool.
0: Well, yeah. Still pretty cool. Where would you find it?
2: You find it at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. We've got T-shirts, caps, hoodies, jackets. Uh, I've been on a spree and added a whole bunch of stuff. We've got uh, Ham College VE testing T-shirts. We've got backpacks for... Ham College and Amateur Logic. Um, we've got uh, the Ain't No The Rules Ham College T-shirts. That's kind of a, if you're a Ham College watcher, you probably pick up on that. Uh, we've got coffee mugs now. We've got Ham College Amateur Logic and then the, the red one there, which you can get at different colors, actually has both logos, one on each side. Ham College on one side, Amateur Logic on the other. Cool. So been, we've been pretty busy putting some more stuff on there. Um I think that's yeah, that's the brain logo shirt that one of the viewers sent in for us and uh appreciate him for doing that. So we finally got those available and uh polos and t shirts.
0: And of course the old uh standby it's a little warm in here for it today. But uh in a few months might be handy to have a, a ham college sweatshirt there when you go to the ball game and root for the anodes
2: there you go the fighting anodes yep <laughs> and so where's the uh show the uh ham college ve shirts
0: yeah that was uh up top here yeah well, yeah Oh, well, that's a, So
2: anyway those uh those those are by request of some of you um, so anyway, we've taken some of the things. I've, as you've seen me writing them down over there before, uh, that's a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned. So anyway, it's all out there now, and there'll be some more things coming as well.
0: Cool. Well, we appreciate that, Tommy. And you just never know when you're going to see somebody wearing some Amateur Logic swag somewhere.
2: Yeah, or an of Rules ball cap or an Amateur Logic TV. You know, you could be representing pretty much anywhere.
0: You could. Are there anode rules hats yet? I
2: don't remember if I made anode rules hat. Yeah, that's a hat. Okay. They were in a hat.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to have to get the coffee mug. Now, I'll have to say I, I thoroughly enjoy the beverages in my MFJ coffee mug here, but it would be nice to have one that I could flip around between amateur logic and ham college ever so often well, Although, well,
2: now you're all set up
0: I can flip it around on the back and I've got uh, a bunch of companies right there yeah and we
2: appreciate every one of those
0: yep we do and let's see during the month we you know we do this show we shoot it around the middle of every month but throughout the month, we're online, uh, just got a little social gathering going on there with a lot of our rowdy friends, and where could you join us during the month, Tommy?
2: Well, it's funny you ask. Um, you can get us at com slash group slash tv. We're on Twitter at Amateur Logic, and we also have Ham College groups on those as well. And we also have a new, relatively new, groups.io group uh, slash uh, groups.io slash g slash amateur logic, and that was kind of done by request to replace uh, Google Plus when it went away. So anyway, uh, it's a pretty nice little service. You can uh, get pretty much instant emails, so you can sign up for the announcements when the. We're gonna do the live streams and this little other chatter going on on there. It's kind of kind of fun. Uh, check it out if you're not already on it.
0: Yep, and uh, that that's working out good. You know, We're, we don't we don't post a whole lot of stuff on there. It's uh, pretty limited, so you won't get spammed a lot or anything mm-hmm. like that.
2: Yeah, there's there's a little chatter, but not yeah. not too much. Not so much is going to bother you.
1: Yep. Am I back? You are you back. Are. All right. You're back, and you're looking better than ever. Uh, it's, that, it's that swag.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's working for you.
0: <laughs> and uh, the Amateur Logic Show Notes Wiki, our friend Dan N9LVS does that for us. AmateurLogic.tv slash wiki. Go there and get all your favorite show notes in one location. And thanks, Dan, for doing that.
1: yeah. Huge thanks today. And that's how I found uh Peter's uh segment number.
0: Ah, yep. There right back in there. Well, I'm gonna be at Huntsville this weekend for the Huntsville Ham Fest. You can learn more about the Huntsville Hamfest at hamfest.org. Fun times over there. I'm looking forward to it. I hope to see a lot of you there. It's a good ham fest. If you're in the south, uh, you owe it to yourself to come to the Huntsville Ham Fest and check it out. You might even want to go by NASA and check out the museum while you're over there. Talon Peters sent you.
1: Well, you know, down here at our uh, facility, we like uh, rattling windows and scaring animals because they test the engines down here where I'm at at uh, Stennis Space Center. And they have a really awesome, if you're ever down in this area, uh, you know, they have a really awesome uh, visitor center uh, called Infinity that you can go and uh, walk through some of the actual modules they had on the space station and uh, see the huge engines and um, the the Saturn uh, rocket is literally on the side of this building. So it's uh, neat stuff. And I, you know, uh, Huntsville, of course, has, an awesome uh museum, I mean, it's just just great stuff if you're if you going to Huntsville, definitely go check that out
0: oh yeah
2: oh it's it's worth the stop for sure. I've been there several times,
0: yeah, when a few years ago, Wayne and I did, and uh well we we were late getting there, so we didn't get to see but just a tiny fraction of it, but I could have spent a day in there you know it was oh yeah tough. you
2: you can burn a day easy if you have time,
0: yep, well. Uh, any final words before we get out of here, Tommy?
2: No, it's uh, been a fun show, and uh, I guess we'll see you guys um, about two weeks for Ham College and another 30 days for amateur logic.
0: And, uh, Tommy, I will say uh, two thumbs up on the, the new motel there. You've got good Internet service.
2: The, the Internet is working great. I hope it holds up. Yeah. So.
0: Email?
1: Well, stay cool and keep it cheap for sure. Got to beat this weather for sure, so be careful. And don't forget, we're still in hurricane season. Just keep an eye out if you're on the coast. I don't have to tell anybody, but always keep that eye out. See what's going on out there. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, uh, well, hope to see some of you this weekend at Huntsville. We'll be back at the end of the month. With uh, the next episode of Ham College, we're almost through with the general pool. I think there's maybe one or uh, not many, couple episodes left. Join us over there, and we'll be back uh, at the middle of next month for the next Amateur Logic. We're going to have all the details on that uh, 14th anniversary sweepstakes coming up for you, and I'll let you know how you can register to win uh, we'll have details on that in the social media outlets um, throughout the month though so
2: yeah we should have all that finalized by then I would yeah. think so
0: Hopefully. thanks thanks for being here tonight everyone uh, good time as always and seven three and uh, good DX no uh, 7 three good
1: time seven three
0: He he had a TV show back (laughs) on in the black and white days. I just vaguely remember it. They would play music. I guess he had an orchestra, and they'd scroll the words on screen or something, and you were supposed to sing along at home.
2: Yeah, see, nobody really wanted me to watch those
1: sing-along shows. (laughs) We should do that for the theme song music, just bounce the little words around, you know?
0: Well, as a matter of fact, I just happened to have a copy of the theme song right here. With complete lyrics already embedded. You want to? You want to watch it? Go ahead. It has no sound for some reason. <laughs> I, I,
1: How are we going to sing to this, Tommy? No, this. There's. Wow. La 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 la. Boo. Boo. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, You got both oh, words man.
0: right And no, it's not rigged We have, we have not <laughs> known any of the winners before they won
1: Wait so. a minute, hold on George How can you say it's not rigged when you're giving away a rig?
0: Um, (laughs) Moving right along here. Okay. No, no.